This is Jeremy Renta. And this is Amy Solara. And you have discovered Mantra and Magic. A podcast where Eastern philosophy meets Western magical practice. everybody welcome to mantra and magic we were gonna have a guest and two weeks in a row just schedules have been um very airy and all over the place and there's been some technical issues surprisingly even there's though, been, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> very poor technical issues i think we actually work better during mercury in retrograde um because we're more conscious about it's just it more thoughtful we're yeah yeah we're just like oh no technical issues might come up so let's do extra things to prevent them. Whereas when it's not, then we get a little ahead of ourselves. I think it's also just a little bit of planning ahead of time. Like I'm always kind of surprised whenever we have an interview with somebody and it's like, uh, you're where, (laughs) Oh, I'm just in the trunk of my car. It's the only quiet space that I can find. (laughs) Okay. Well that works, I guess. Uh, Are you sure you don't need us to call the cops? Earth energy. That you scheduling and grounded and listing. Yeah. Prepared listing. Um <laughs> all good. We're gonna we're gonna set that intention moving forward. We're gonna do the act of alchemy by saying you declare with your will that you will no longer be surprised. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you will well, I mean, do, do... <laughs> I was just doing what we're doing, it's not really surprising when things go haywire either. It's just kind of like, well, that's just to be expected, to be completely honest. Oh. Yeah. No. Yeah. I expect everything to be smooth and synchronistic. <laughs> of course you do. <laughs> but I'm a Virgo. Yeah. <laughs> I expect perfection and nothing less. And when the universe does not deliver, then clearly it's all my fault because I am a Virgo and therefore I take full responsibility and blame myself for everything. Now you get it. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> oh man, that sovereignty. It's real. It, for Getting real. People to step into it. Mm-hmm. We're almost through the first round of All Souls Flight School. Nice. They're, they're getting ready to fledge. <laughs> <laughs> You're going to start kicking them out of the nest? Yeah, I was ready to cry last night, but we're starting to transition to where um, they will no longer. What are you clicking? It's a feather. Okay. You got really good ears or these microphones are incredibly sensitive. Yes. (laughs) Both. (laughs) Yeah, so it's appropriate that it's a feather because they're getting ready to fly. Yes. And I'm getting ready to welcome the new group in and I'm sincerely hoping that enough guys sign up as well that I have two separate groups and that I have one for male identified people and one for female identified people. So we can work on rites of passage that um, are unique and specific to each group Mm -hmm. because I have generalized rites of passage ready to go so that we can do a mixed group as well. But I don't know. I, I think there's something um, really healing for people when they're in a group that is, um, specific corresponds yeah, yeah to how they are working in their bodies um and you're going through that with deborah right now yeah it is um dude it's been really incredible deborah silverman's uh astrology 
course that I've been doing. It's an all men's group. And it's, you know, we have our, our regular sessions with our mentor, but uh, Deborah, because we're, you know, I'm in Boulder and that's where she lives. She's been kind enough to offer her house and her time to teach uh, study groups for us. So we've done uh, two weeks now. We've got one more next week, actually, on my birthday. Uh, we're having our last get together and uh, before she leaves for uh, her other house in Hawaii. And it has been just a, a wealth of information, being able to actually sit kind of at the master's feet, as you would, but like actually being able to kind of learn uh, directly from her, somebody who has been has been engulfed in this her entire life and who has such a deep and profound understanding of it. Like when I leave, I like it takes me a little while to come down. I feel like I've been, you know, literally in, in the heavens. So it's um it's really awesome too to be working with a group of uh, conscious men. Like this is uh this is like to be in a learning space. I feel like a lot of the times I've been in groups where guys are the ones who are the leaders of the group. So there's a lot of that, that can mm -hmm. also be kind of egotistic or egoistic. And uh, being in a group of just male students who are you know most of them are, are my age or older. Um, it's just it's such an incredible experience to to be like in school again <laughs> with uh with with yeah. people who are who are who are expressing their understanding of the things as they're learning them and also who are inquisitive you know so it's yeah. it's absolutely amazing i don't I, I also don't necessarily know what our uh listener group is if we have more males and females i'd imagine it's probably less males uh i've just found just the practices <laughs> that i've done that there have been less guys who are interested in esoteric uh thought um, but if there are men who are out there, please, 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 uh, take a chance. If you've got the chance and you have the opportunity, uh, when the opportunity opens up again next year for, um, for Deborah's uh, level one class, sign up for it. It is absolutely worth it. It's, uh, it's helping me so much with my magical practice as well. Um, everything is just kind of starting to click together, like, understandings of uh, the angelic energies in the Zodiac, which is not anything that she covers, but so many of these things are actually starting to make so much more sense to me just from the classes that we're taking and from the coursework that we're doing. So I cannot say enough good things about it. Absolutely uh, overjoyed to be a part of it. And I'm really sad that it's going to be ending soon. It's uh, we've only got a couple more weeks left at class, but I know that now we're gonna get you in level there two. you go. Yeah. <laughs> I, I think it's so ironic that right now there is almost you have to like pull like hard to get a guy interested in all this because mm -hmm. it used to be that men were the only ones who were allowed right to study them um there's such a, a long history of women being denied access to the mysteries um because that used to be the only group of people who could have access to the mysteries were women so long ago and I feel like the tables are turning weirdly mm -hmm. again um, but all cycles do every it's it's that principle from the Kabbalion of rhythm right where as things swing one way then you're gonna have to the pendulum's gonna have to swing the other way until enough people can slow down that back and forth so that it finds its resting place at the middle pillar. <laughs> well, yeah, I mean, there's also, I think a lot of, uh, uh, I mean, there's a lot of repression and suppression that came along with it. There was a lot of, uh, a lot of men who wanted to be like, Hey, that's really cool. I want to take that. And then they're just kind of like, it's like a kid with a toy. It's kind of like, hey, I'm not interested in that anymore. 
you know, so yeah. there's, I'm really hoping that, that more men start to become involved. Again, a lot of the books that I've been reading, it seems like men who are um, in this type of, or are in this, uh, in this field are either just starting out or they're experts. You know, a lot of the books that I read are people who have been doing this their entire lives and they're, they're scholars, you know, more, uh, they're practitioners as well, but they seem to be uh, scholars. So, um, right. I don't necessarily think it's, uh, I don't necessarily think it's a bad thing that men are just now starting to kind of be reintroduced to this. And I say that not knowing, like I said, I've, I, I actually reached out to a couple of different groups, uh, recently just to see if being in a group setting with other magicians would be something that would be helpful for me. Um, mm -hmm. I, I mean, I'm not a follower and I'm not a joiner. I've enjoyed <laughs> being a solo practitioner. Uh, but I do know that there is strength in numbers and I know that there's only so much information that you can get from books that you can buy. Like these, these things literally are currents of energy that are passed from teacher to student, you know? Um, and unless you're making contact with, uh, teachers on the other side of the veil, then you're literally just kind of, you're coming up with stuff on your own. You may, you may start to do your own types of initiations, but unless you have somebody who's who's there, who's already kind of walked the path, your progress is going to be slightly hindered. I feel like, you know? Yeah. I, I think we're all just, we're on this path of remembering, right? We're right. all getting different bits and pieces and sharing it with each other. And there's some people who have spent their entire life honing one skill, one practice, one teaching. And, and it's great to be able to absorb that directly from them. Mm -hmm. Where, whereas like, uh, I think you and I have embodied the I will do it all <laughs> um, goal. <laughs> I need to study Kabbalah tarot and astrology and Akashic records and the ley lines that are the old flight patterns of dragons and <laughs> <laughs> just like all the random esoteric things that we can find. You went through a phase of Norse runes after I handed you a book about Norse runes. And I went through that phase multiple times because I've had multiple sets of runes. So I've gone over it again every time I get a new one. And I think there's something to be said for teachers like Deborah, who have so been able to take all of these things and incorporate it into their main focus. Like mm -hmm. she is a psychotherapist and she is also very well versed in tarot and Kabbalah because of astrology and she's molded it all into really digestible bits mm -hmm. um, with the elements and I think that's why this system is so different is because of this elemental factor her book the missing element is so approachable you don't have to be a specific religion or believe in a certain creed in order to um, really benefit from it and then there's other teachers like Carolyn Elliott, who I absolutely love, that have done a similar thing, but <clears> whose <throat> stuff is like slightly more for the initiate, someone who's willing to um, to dive deep into the shadow mm -hmm. in a way that embraces titles like witch, like um, hermeticist, like uh, ca Kabbalist. Um, she uses the Thoth Crowley deck, so <laughs> it's not, um, 
it's not as approachable for everyone because there's still a lot of blocks that people will have when encountering her work, but her work is deeply transformational. And there's some things that are really easy to do that go hand in hand. Like I, I've been studying with both Deborah and Carolyn um, together and doing their work like separately, but together mm-hmm. <laughs> has been really useful doing all of the existential kink work um, doing Carolyn's wealth community, uh, being in her courses, being in Deborah's courses, I see how only how they complement each other. And I'm finding that, oh, I already knew how to do that. Or, oh, that's what you call the practice that I've been doing that I have no name for. And it's helpful. And these teachers are available. That's the really cool thing too. It's like they're, you, you can access these people. You can have, you know, maybe not one-on-one conversations with them, but you can be in their courses. You can work with um, other students that have trained with them and who have now become practitioners like you with, uh, with Deborah's work. So this is, if you are a lifelong learner, if this is something that you're interested in, you can actually like, it's accessible, you know, it's, it's not that you have to just sit there and read old dusty books either. And that's something else that I, mm-hmm. I'm really appreciative of is that there are people who are still doing this type of study work. You know, I'm, I'm always amazed whenever I'm reading through a book and uh, I see a quote by somebody and then I look up who that person is and find out that they're still alive. I'm like, holy shit, mm-hmm. <laughs> this, isn't, this yeah. isn't like something from the 1800s. This isn't a person who passed away a, de- you know, a century ago. So you know, this stuff is out there. It really is. You just have to kind of look for it and find it. Um, and it, it may be that they're on the other side of the world. You know, a lot of the the mantra teachers uh, and mantra books that I've read and studied too, uh, those teachers are still available. There may be a language barrier that you have to cross to to contact them and uh, be able to have a conversation with them. But there, you can you can still hear from them. And I, you know, I get the feeling that they're as excited to find students who are as stoked about the material as they are because mm-hmm. you know they're they've spent their life doing it you know so it's just like with us you know having deborah on i know part of it was because you'd been um, involved in uh, her coursework but it's like for her to be able to share what it is that she's doing uh you know grow the community that's always great but also find anybody who's interested because you might glean you're able to glean insights from people who may be coming in new have new uh, have new eyes on a topic or uh, mm-hmm. a new passion for a topic that can either either re uh, you know re enliven your passion for it, or you know it may be something that you're you're surprised by how quickly somebody takes something in. The other day when we were in class, we were talking about the cardinal mutable and fixed signs, or cardinal fixed and mutable signs, and um, they were they were like we're kind of going into it. They she it was uh, her and Kristen, and they were kind of explaining a couple of the things and. Um, they were like, what else do we know about it? And I was like, well, each of the signs that's cardinal is the beginning of each of the seasons. And they both kind of looked a little shocked that I had gleaned that. <laughs> and I was like, well, I mean, it's Aries, it's Libra, it's Cancer. You know, it's like, it's all of the, yeah. the signs that are starting winter, fall. Yeah, that are starting winter, fall, summer, and spring. So like those types of things too, it's, uh, I think it's, it's, it makes people feel good when you're teaching a subject and uh, your students are not just quoting back things that they've said, but they're actually taking in and synthesizing the material. You know, they're actually engaged in, and interested in it. So, And I can speak to that directly when things happened in All Souls where there was one call and I thought to myself, okay, 
I'm going to introduce this idea, this topic, mm-hmm. but I'm going to do it after we do our journeying because we do a lot of um, like trance meditation guided journeys, uh, shamanic journeying really is what it is um, to other places and other spaces that are sacred and intentional. And when we came back, I was like, okay, I don't know if I need to tell them this or actually let me just see what they saw. And one person started to describe their experience and she was describing exactly the thing that I wanted to share about. Mm -hmm. And I said, did anybody else see the same thing? And others raised their hands. And I was like, okay, great. You all saw it. I don't have to talk about it because, and so we integrated a little bit of it. And I was like, this was my intention to share this with you. I'm glad that you just picked up on it psychically. I didn't have to just speak about it. That's freaking amazing. Um, clearly, you were all meant to be here. You're all meant to have this. You're all meant to experience this. And it was so beautiful to witness, to think, um, yeah, I'm not anything special mm-hmm. um, compared to them. I just happened to have been introduced to some of these ideas and some of these um, rabbit holes <laughs> prior and piece them together in a way that is helping to activate their own experiences. But I don't need to do anything for them. They're all doing it for themselves and it's beautiful. And a lot of people are like, well, then why, why would you create classes around this? And I was like, because I needed classes around it too. We all have to have someone help us through the thresholds. Like if we're looking at it from the, the major arcana and the tarot, uh, we can be a magician all day long. We get kind of stuck at mm-hmm. one if we're, if we're still there. If you encounter a high priestess who's going to hand you the scrolls of knowledge, then you have to go and figure out how to ground yourself afterwards <laughs> with the empress and the emperor. Um, and then you might meet a hierophant or you might become the hierophant. Mm-hmm. But either way, it's going to lead you through to a, a soul relationship, which is the deeper esoteric meaning of the lover's cards mm-hmm. of complete soul connection. There's no divide. There's no question. And from that point on, then you get to take the reins. You get to ride in the chariot. You get to experience the deepest knowledge of the hermit. You get to go through the death transformations and pass the tests and find temperance and eventually get all the way back to shining your own light on every level and feeling completion in the world. But you have to meet the high priestess at the beginning. Mm -hmm. Otherwise you just stay in the magician. (laughs) I have all these tools. It's really nice. I don't know what to do now, Um, but he's in his own room. He's not helping you through a doorway. He's just reflecting back to you. Right. Oh, this is what you are right now. Whereas when you meet the high priestess, she's, standing between those pillars she's holding that that space that's very joseph campbell threshold guardian um this is the way through Mm -hmm. this is the way into something new and i feel blessed to be holding that space and i feel blessed to have encountered many others who've held that space for me yeah yeah uh as am i speaking to uh tarot i mean there's I had heard, heard, I knew that uh, the tarot deck was also equated to astrology. And that is also something that we're not really going into um, with classes uh, in in the current classes. But it's just, it's been really amazing to me how uh, 
again, materials have found me. I know you said that you're you're not so sure about the the Thoth uh, Crowley deck. Um, oh, I already ordered it. No, I'm I'm doing <laughs> it. Well, yeah, you got to be a little bit scared, right? Um, but doing some of the <laughs> doing some of the research in the um, I think it's Lon Duquette. Uh, he, he has a book on understanding the Crowley deck, and the also ordered. Yes, good. Uh, the other day, Yesterday. Uh, the other day, I was reading through that and um, just seeing the correspondences of the uh, cardinal signs, the uh, fixed signs, and the mutable signs in the uh, in in the cards themselves. So the first two, so two, three, and four are the cardinal cards in all of the the low decks, right? So that equates to the yeah. to two, three, and four relate to uh, Aries, Cancer, Libra, and Capricorn. Um, and then proceeds upwards, right? So you've got the others for fixed and, uh, and for mutable. Um, so you see those correspondences. And then you, uh, mm -hmm. I started making the realization that using those energetics and using the angel names or the angle names that correspond with those um, mm -hmm. is how you're going to start to use, how you can start to pull that energy in when you're casting your spells or when you're using your, when you're working with your magical practice, which this is something else yeah. that, you know, I've said before the, the, the connection between angle and angel and how it's really, it's the same thing. It's just the letter is flipped at the back end. If you take the L and you, and the E and you switch them around, it's the same thing. It's just the energetic of that line of energy, right? Um, and then the archangel, mm -hmm. which is why so many are represented as, as like, shapes, yes. Right? Yeah. And then the archangel, again, we think about that. It's just kind of like, why are, why is it a multiple angel? Well, if you're looking at the, if you start out with just the wheel of the Zodiac and you have the 12 houses and you have the 12, uh, signs, each of those is an arc, right? It covers 30 degrees mm -hmm. of the top part. So that is an arc angle. It is. So it covers that much of the angle and those energetics you know, mirror on the other side of the, of the astrological wheel in that polarity. So it's like, literally, when you start to kind of like look at the lettering and the wording of some of these things, and you just look at it from a simplistic standpoint, you get past all of the religious stuff that goes, goes um, that coincides with it. And then you just start to kind of look at the, the, uh, the actual literal meaning of it. I found right. the same thing the other day I was looking, you know, I, like I said, I've been, uh, working on, uh, memorizing the angels of the zodiac starting out with the archangels that's the 12 and then the 72 angels cover uh each of those covers five degrees of the zodiac so there's you know within each sign you have six angels that cover the first two the second two and the third two um and then in inside of each of those each line each uh degree inside also corresponds to an energetic so, I mean, it's literally a wheel inside of a wheel inside of a wheel. There's all of this information. And I picked the book up. I was looking through it and I was kind of like, this could be incredibly helpful. Um, and then I was like, I do not want do not want to get drowned by the books that I'm trying to read. So it's it's in the docket. It's in the uh, list of, of books to pick up. It is. Uh, hold on one second. I'm just going to reference it just so if people are interested, they will know what to look for. It is called The Practice of Magical Evocation by Franz Barden. And uh, I think he was a, he was a Czech occultist. Um, so uh, it was really cool just because it covers everything. And then I looked up the angle of where my, you know, where the sun was in my house or in my uh, chart. And it was like, uh, it corresponded to an angelic energy um, for singing. And it was like, if you, if you ask and if you're interested, 
uh, you will be able to uh, tap into uh, power through your voice and through song. And I was like, it's just, again, it's the same thing. It's like you look at some of these things and it, it, it lines up exactly with what your life goal is and what your life's purpose is, you know, or where you mm -hmm. kind of find yourself. So it's really cool. Just wanted to throw that out there. I know it's slightly tangential, but it wouldn't be an episode <laughs> no, with the I two of us if I hadn't gone somewhere tangential. <laughs> You always have to. That's what Libras and Aquariuses and Geminis, especially, one hundred percent embody. <laughs> Being able to have trains of thought that others—they're like, I didn't even know we changed tracks. Mm -hmm. <laughs> um, you're just chugging yeah. away. I think there's something to be said, though, out of all of that that comes back around to right now. Being able to focus. Mm -hmm is something I've seen a lot of people talk about and being able to focus your mind, focus your intentions and, and what you're focusing on. What are you dwelling on? Um, what is your mind going around and around with? And a lot of people get really concerned, like, because they hear the secret and they think, Oh my gosh, I'm, I'm going to attract all of this horrid stuff to me. Um, because I'm thinking about awful things all the time. And that's not, I just want to like clarify that that's not how that works <laughs> <laughs> because if you are thinking about wonderful things all of the time, every day and something bad happens to you, then how do you explain mm -hmm. that? Right. Um, and neither good or bad really technically exists, which can be argued in a lot of ways, but according to how I have begun to study the universe with hermeticism, with, the principles in the Kabbalion with all the work with Carolyn I'm doing, all the work with Deborah I'm doing. It is all about perspective. Mm -hmm. It's all about the observer. And when we turn on the observer, then we notice what it is we're thinking about. And that's different than what we are focusing on. True. So we can be thinking about things all the time. Oh, I have to go do this and I have to call that person. And I think it's really horrible that the fires are happening and this other thing that's going on. And wow, people aren't getting along and there's a lot of polarity in the world, blah, 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 blah. Any airy mind. <laughs> <laughs> and wherever your Mercury is, go figure that out. <laughs> if you've got it in air or fire, it don't stop. <laughs> and if you've got it in Earth, then it's just ragging on you about being more practical. And if you've got it in water, then maybe you find some peace and rest once in a while between the two. <laughs> so You're very quiet. All the, all the talk yeah. is internal, and it's all through your emotions. So, but if you have it in air, then it, your thoughts, you, um, being able to sort them out becomes even more mm -hmm. crucial, I think. Because then you have to really hone the skill of the observer and focus. And when you can focus your thoughts on a mantra, like whether it's um, the the only Brahma mantra that exists. Brahma. <laughs> if you can bring yourself back to that, you're, you're tapping into a specific frequency because now you are intentionally choosing to focus your mental capacity on one specific thing. Just thinking doesn't hurt you or help you. It just is. It's how your ego and your mind work. But being able to take it and do something with it now that's different if you're intentionally focusing if you're intentionally seeking out things that are not going to serve you then yes you will attract that closer to you because you're intentionally looking mm -hmm. for it but if you're intentionally trying to 
um, become more self-aware. Work on the places where you know you have room for improvement or can more closely align yourself to your higher purpose or where you can discipline yourself in order to not make the same mistakes, not repeat the same patterns, not experience the same karmic lesson over and over again unthinkingly, mm-hmm. right? That's being in that space of the observer helps with the awareness level and it helps shift you out of the the spaces of why is this happening to me and oh I made everything. This was my yeah. Well, I, that's, I think that also speaks to like understanding your chart, literally, like when you look and you see, you know, being able to look at multiple people's charts and see like how things mm-hmm. show up for them and how it is that they've taken uh, maybe something that could be considered a, a, a bad omen or, you know, like when you look at your chart, especially mm-hmm. if you go to astro.com, uh, it, the red mm-hmm. lines are things where there's going to be opposition there's, or there's going to be, um, uh, incongruence. There's going to be tension. Yeah. So, you know, for me, uh, I have Jupiter and, uh, I have Jupiter and Leo and that doesn't really vibe so much with my Mars, which is in Scorpio. So there's like, there's this, there's this feeling that I, when I was younger, I knew that I could be big and out there and be in, uh, in a group setting and be myself and how, you know, just shine completely and, and, and people are going to enjoy me for, for who I am. And then for some reason, when it comes to my outward expression, when it comes to the way that I, uh, the way that I, um, show myself as a masculine man, uh, it, for some <laughs> reason, I, even though I went to school to be an actor and for some, you know, I love being in the center stage and I love expressing and, and talking and, and having people look at me. I, for some reason, feel like that's a negative, like that always comes back to me where I feel like I have to keep certain things inside, you know? Um, so seeing those kind of mm-hmm. patterns is, is helpful for me to be like, you know what, this is, it's not a time to hit the brakes. It's a time to just go forward, to, to trust your instincts and continue moving forward. And, you know, when you're, when you start to become aware of those things too, I, I know a lot of people who feel like it's, uh, it's scary to be told that you are, you are a certain thing and it's written in the stars that, that that's what it is. But if you look back at Shakespearean times, if you read Romeo and Juliet, the whole idea of star-crossed lovers, like these are things that people integrated into their, into their lives. They realize that, okay, well, this might be problematic. I might have trouble in relationships. This might be something that also shows up. You know, again, um, one of the things, I've got a couple of aspects in my chart that when you compare them to the tarot deck and especially in the Golden Dawn, some of the things say, you know, you may be, um, uh, you, you may, uh, there may be like violence towards women. It's like, you're not good in relationships. You're unfaithful. Like all of these types of things where I have seen them, not like violence, like physically, but things have showed up for me in relationships where I have not been true to myself or true to the person that I've been with. And it's like, it doesn't mean that you have to do that. It means that that is a place where there's going to be a challenge. That was something else that showed up for me uh, from the, um, some of the, uh, some of the red lines in my chart was seeing where I'm going to be lucky and where that has to balance out. You know, you have to have certain challenges in your life. Otherwise you're not going to grow. If everything is just handed to you, it's like, what the fuck did you incarnate for? You know, if you're not, if you're not here to learn yeah. some type of lesson or at least try to, you know, I'm not going to have some kind of struggle, then it doesn't really make any sense. The cool thing is if you can overcome the challenges, then you can 
enjoy life the way that you want to or the way that you can expect. And, you know, it's it just takes time. It takes effort and it takes a lot of work sometimes to have to push through the things that are challenging for you because not not everybody faces the same challenges. The challenge that I face, the challenge no. that I face is not eating fucking protein bars. It's not eating sugar. You know, it's a that's a relatively easy thing, but I know <laughs> that if I can defeat that thing, if I can if I can squash my ego enough to be like you don't need it, then that is going to be where No, not squash, make well, friends. You make can still put it in the corner and the say, ego. "Hey, would you shush?" Just you don't need to eat the entire sleeve of Oreos. You don't need, you know, I'm not eating Oreos, but whatever the thing is. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) (laughs) Tell Jupiter that it's great that he wants to give you so much. Right now, I just need a little. Having a little Saturn to balance. (laughs) His Saturn is the one who's disciplining you. But to that point, when you look at someone's chart, and this is something I always try to clarify with everybody I do a reading for. I'm like, okay, have Mm -hmm. you seen the Matrix? And they say yes, because if you've been alive for the past uh, at least 20 years you've seen the matrix um because it's just it's so <laughs> it's just a movie or you've heard reference thing. to it um yeah and there if you haven't seen it there's in where this main character sits down with a threshold guardian like we've talked about that with campbell somebody who opens the doorway gives you the opportunity presents you with a choice at a crossroads And this character happens to be named Morpheus, which is the god of dreaming, Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) of like, wake up, don't be asleep. And he has a blue pill in one hand and a red pill in the other. And he says, look, it's your choice. He tells Neo, you can have this blue pill and you can stay asleep. Tomorrow you'll wake up, life will go on as usual, and you won't remember anything. Or you can take this red pill, you can wake up and everything will change and nothing will ever be the same. And when someone sees their chart for the first time and they have a lot of red lines, it's like taking that red pill. Mm -hmm. There's no going back. You just, and it's not to be frightening. It's to be exciting. Like this opportunity gets presented to you where something inside you gets activated when, when you see it. And I know I saw it for myself and I was like, what are all these lines mean? I have to know. Now I have to know. (laughs) And I was, probably I think it was like 23 when Mm -hmm. I saw it for the first time and I from that point on was just on this journey of reading every astrology book I could come across and like we talked about earlier didn't sink in until I got the direct transmission from my Mm -hmm. teachers through Deborah's school and through Deborah herself Um, there was something that just shifted when I was taught directly from an astrologer who has made it a point to have this last inside of your head. It's not just like a quick one-off, you're a Virgo. It's like, this is everything you need to know about how all of these things work together. And, and to that point, I think the reason that you and I respond so well is because it's alchemy. Mm -hmm. It's alchemy on every level where you see the different ingredients you see how they start to come together, how they explode and how they condense, <laughs> how they evaporate and how they liquefy and what happens when you put them in the pressure cooker that is your head, that is you and and the alchemy and transformation that can happen when you accept the challenge, when you say, okay, now that I'm aware of this, now that I'm awake, now that I've taken mm-hmm. the red pill, what do I do with it? 
And then you start to get handed the tools because you start seeking it. And for you, you found such an amazing, amazing platform of people who have lived their lives to explore magical realities. Mm -hmm. (laughs) And for me, I've found the same. And and we're in this space now where we're recognizing, okay, we have this tool of sound and mantra. And with that comes our word and the words we say and how when we say them, we are clearly creating something. We're weaving a fabric of reality, whether it's through the Akasa or it is through our stars or however you want to say it. And, and to that, we don't have to change ourselves at the base level like we don't have to change our chart we just have to accept our chart because then we have a really clear roadmap of how to navigate ourselves and therefore our universe and I think a lot of people that I encounter in the very beginnings of astrology are just pissed off about the sign that they feel like Mm -hmm. they were given I'm like no babe you chose this you decided this and I had someone tell me the other day like god I just wish that I I was something cool (laughs) like what (laughs) what do you mean like everybody has a struggle everybody has an issue whether it's they they can't focus their mind or they don't have any energy or they're too mean or they're too socially awkward or they're convinced that everyone else is better at it than they are or they don't have time or they want to be more creative or they and they don't have a lot of air or fire in their chart they're more grounded they're like the business person or they're they're a creative who do want to be business and they don't yeah like like somebody that you and i both know who really wants to just do art but all their chart Mm -hmm. is business (laughs) so it's like you can't try to be something Mm -hmm. you're not the second that you embrace who you are then you can yeah. be anything because then you learn the magic of shape shifting, like a yucky. Yeah. Woman. That crow medicine. <laughs> and yeah. you play. Yeah. And you get to play. And, and that's the fire that Deborah loves to bring people to. And that Carolyn Elliot loves to bring people to. And we already had Deborah on. Eventually there will be Carolyn on. Um, it's not for a while. Folks, <laughs> but it's going to happen. Uh, we've got it on the calendar. Uh, so this fire is beyond just creative potential. It's beyond um, really honing your focus and your will and your sankalpa and your ability to pursue that which you desire. Hello, Mars. It is this fire of joy and bliss and play. And that's that's the the ultimate goal that yogis always talk about that tantra always talks about that we try to perceive in the egyptian mysteries and that you discover in the rites they used to do in ancient greece and in the celtic worlds where you you reach these ecstatic bliss states and i think astrology and hermeticism approach it in a way that is so I think it accelerates it it makes it quick Mm -hmm. to grasp where you're like oh I'm missing fun in my Mm -hmm. life (laughs) 
maybe I should have some more fun. Or all I do is fun and I don't do any hard work. And they're Hi, that's why I'm going to have a Capricorn rising. What's going on? Go to work, Jeremy. Get off your ass. (laughs) Put some time in. Write some shit down. Look at your your calendar and your journal. Whereas in my alchemical journal this morning, I wrote, I'm going to have fun with the kids and draw some pictures. Yeah. I mean, having kids, I think, was one of the biggest things for you to for you to actualize, you know, like when I met yeah. you, you were yeah. kind of living out of your car. You were free and open. It's like <laughs> was living kind of. Um, but I mean, <laughs> again, like surfing. since you've since you've embraced like the things that you you said, at least when I met you, that you did not want the most, you know, mm-hmm. it's like now you've you well, it's amazing the, just to see the, the transformation of where you were and what you've become. And I'm like. I'm looking at myself. I was another thing that happened the other day um, at Deborah's house. She was talking about like understanding your chart and being able to embrace it and realizing like where you may have challenges and certain things. And she was like, um, she said, you know, you can ignore all of this stuff. She was like, it does. She's like, it, it is there for everybody. The information is there for everybody. Uh, it is literally a roadmap that is handed to you when you were born for you to know what your, what your challenges are going to be, where your things are going to shine, where you, where things are going to, you know, come through that are going to be the lessons for you. She was like, and if you, if you do your, if you study, if you actually put the time in, you will be able to uh, be exceptional otherwise. And then she looked at me, she said, uh, you're going to just live a mediocre life. And I was like, Ooh, like, I felt like you just punched oh. me in the gut, but touche. Because partly too, I was say, yeah, yes, seriously. I mean, part of it is a lot of the guys that are in the group with me have, you know, they are very successful. They've done really big things. One of them is a very prominent musician. You know, like there's guys who are the leaders in their field. And I'm this guy who's really interested in astrology and is a body worker and is not like, I'm not shining in my field as of yet. And I think she just like many of the people who love me and have, have helped support me in my life seizes the potential that I don't see. Shut up, Amy. <laughs> sees the, the potential that I refuse to look at. I'm like, look, I can't pay attention to that right now. I've got a lot of stuff in my past that I need to boohoo over. And I got to worry about the fact that I have these patterns and I need to eat these protein bars and life is so hard. So. Oh know. my goodness. <laughs> yeah. I think, um, <laughs> yeah, she's very intuitive. So she will sense that. Um, she was cracking up when when I met her through level three. She'd forgotten, like, of course, she does, like, thousands of readings. So she forgot that she had read my chart um, earlier in the year. And when I started talking, she's like, oh, right. I remember now. <laughs> <laughs> like, yeah, that's me. Um, hello. I Because when I met you... I was adamant that I was not mm-hmm. going to have kids. I was not going to get married again unless I was going to get married again multiple times. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Just for the fun of it. <laughs> um, I really wanted to be um, a mm-hmm. performer and make use of my acting training and my dancing training and my singing training and get into a world of like, crazy circus life um, I just didn't didn't want to be practical I didn't want to have any attachments I didn't want to understand the sides of myself that 
felt boring mm-hmm. or scary. Um, mysterious was okay, <laughs> but everything else wasn't. And I'm a fourth house son with moon in the 12th house. Like I, I have to be involved in family and esotericism mm-hmm. at all costs. And, oh, hello, where's my life right now? <laughs> so the minute that I, it was when my Saturn return um, was approaching that I was making all of these shifts because I was keenly aware that Saturn had shifted out of Scorpio and was in Sagittarius. And I was like, Mm -hmm. it's time. I need to learn these lessons. And I, I invoked Saturn. I didn't invite, I invoked, I said, come on in, show me how to do this. And through that lens, through those eyes, I saw all the places where, um, I had been unwilling to change because Sagittarius is mutable. Mm-hmm. So you have to change. Um, I saw all the places where I had changed out of spite against what I perceived rather than mm-hmm. what was true. And, and I also saw that, that if I just trusted myself, then I would be on path. And that's probably been the the longest running issue and that's partly because i have three odds mm-hmm. in my chart <laughs> <laughs> anybody who knows what a yacht is is gonna say oh yeah now she makes sense um because that configuration in a chart and deborah pointed them out to me she's like do you do you see those things There's, that's the finger of god and he's just she's just, <laughs> they are pointing Holy cow. Um, and it's this sense of I have to fulfill this purpose before I die that comes with it. And and once I saw that in the chart, then everything shifted. And I realized I would not be anywhere near where I am right now if I wasn't living mm-hmm. life on purpose, if I wasn't aware, if I wasn't actively seeking out how to transform myself and therefore everyone right. around me. And I think that's all anybody listening to this. If you never had your chart read, um, you know where to find me. If you, (laughs) if you have had your chart read, but it wasn't uplifting, it was maybe um, disheartening or, or something that you maybe weren't ready to hear at the time. um, Just go back and take a look at the image itself, because that alone can start to help drive you where it makes you want to work with the planetary energies and planetary energies are very, very transformative. Um, And right now a lot of people are feeling heavily influenced by both the Mars aspect that's going on with the big three Mm -hmm. in Capricorn. (laughs) They are causing a lot of tension. Um, and they're today and tomorrow. So when this podcast is recorded and when it's released, um, the moon and Uranus are sitting right next to each other. Um, I think right when I looked up this morning, it was like nine degrees and 11 degrees in Taurus. And when we look at the planet of Uranus, it's the planet of change. It's the planet of radical new ideas, of Aquarius. perspectives, sometimes chaos. Yeah. Mm-hmm. He's the ruler of Aquarius. He's the fool. He's the mm-hmm. fool card in the tarot. It's like, are you willing to go just without any 
any uh, evidence that it's going to work. <laughs> and then you've got the moon, which is your emotional body. So like in Taurus, the moon is exalted in Taurus. It loves it there because it's so comfortable and homey and warm and everything smells like fresh baked cookies. <laughs> so having that next to the planet that's like i change everything <laughs> it's um it's a little unnerving so your emotions might be haywire right now so doing an, a moon mantra to help you just come into alignment with your moon with your energies with your emotional body being disrupted by completely radical energy can help you because then the sound is shifting it would be om shri Andrea, yep. namaha right that is correct and also i don't have the book in front of me so this is uh not very helpful actually i may have the pdf i was going to say uh using that in conjunction <laughs> with the mantra for um uranus would also be useful because you're combining the two energetics together so either going back and forth I didn't know that it went past. Um, they are for this. It is the seven planet, uh, but there are there's in the book that I have actually. There's a, it shows the corresponding um, mantra that goes along with oh, okay. it. So yeah, and the Mars would be Angarakaya. Yes, right. Om Shri Angarakaya Namaha. And so, if you're feeling like either your energy is super low and you need motivation, call on Mars. He will help energize you it will be the fire inside the motivation the desire the will the passion and mars is in aries now until next next it's for a, for a while, while right it does it goes direct to november yeah so yeah. yeah we've got some retrograde motion there with that so anything that you're again this is i don't necessarily know if this works for everybody else but for me anytime planets uh, are in retrograde and i start working with them the like because i was i did some work with jupiter and with saturn with the retrogrades uh over the summer and it was very difficult but the energetic once things started going direct cleared all of the stuff that i was working on so right now with mars and aries retrograde if there's anything specifically that you're wanting to work towards with expression with uh you know going into some new adventure uh whole-headed or hard-headedly if you want to dive into it from, from the mm-hmm. from my experience it's it's harder and obviously because you know me i like to go sit in ceremony and i like mm-hmm. things to have to be difficult for me to learn the lesson again capricorn rising um i've you know tried doing that over the next month set some intentions look at uh when Aries is going to go retro or re- when it's going to go direct or when mars is going to go direct and uh set some intentions for what you want to see at that point in time you're going to have a challenge on your hands, but once it clears, you're going to feel so much better because any of that stuff that you've been struggling with is going to, you're going to see a way forward with it. So, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's, uh, I think chanting with those has been something that's shifted the way that I work with planetary energies. Carolyn loves to mm-hmm. work with planetary energy. She's always, always helping with that. Um, and I've learned a lot from the way that she's explained it. Um, but whether you, you do magic or you mm-hmm. do mantra, <laughs> either way, 
the astrology is probably one of the biggest key components. And I know a lot of people get really overwhelmed um, by the thought of having to learn all those things. But if all you're learning is Mm -hmm. your own chart. And if you want to learn how to read your own chart, take Deborah Silverman's (laughs) level one astrology (laughs) course when it comes back available. You should be. I should, shouldn't I? Um, I mean, that's literally what the first, yeah. Yeah, go talk to yeah. Christian. The, uh, it's, it's really, uh, th- that's all the first level is, really. It's like you'll learn how to read the charts of the people, the other people right. that are in your group. But learning how to understand your own chart is incredibly empowering. You know, just like, and this, it's yours. It is right there for you to have and to understand what is going on in your life. Like, if you don't want to go see a psychotherapist, if you don't want to talk to a therapist, you don't want to talk to a coach, if you want to take matters into your own hands when it comes to the challenges that you have in your life, having a basic understanding of your chart is one of the easiest ways to do that. So get up on that. Mm-hmm. Find out find out what time of day you were born. Where your planets are in your chart are going to be uh, the same when it comes to the signs, but not the houses. Knowing exact time is going to be helpful. And moon, the moon does shift quickly. Like I said the other day, literally two days ago, when I went outside for um, the full moon ceremony that I did, Mars was right above, uh, right above the moon. Yeah. And they were last night when Lindsay and I were out walking, it was, you know, whatever it is that it moves within a day, you know, th- three or four degrees um, off from it. So it's amazing just to see, to, to watch the path of it as it moves through the, the sky too. But so aside from that, like you'll, the moon is the only thing that was really sh- shift dramatically, but know what time, figure out what time of day you were born, check out when your chart is. And even if you don't take a class or talk to an astrologer, the internet fucking exists, you know, like go to astro.com, do your <laughs> chart and then do research. What does Uranus conjunct Pluto mean or whatever is in your chart? You know, you can find out all of this information. Although take that with a grain of salt because the internet tends to take a negative on everything. Spin. Yeah. on everything um almost always it's weird almost all astrologers online who've written things that when you do an internet search their articles pop up tend to say "Ooh, that's a bad thing and then everybody gets scared and i think it's so disempowering and so i'm super excited to have colin Mm -hmm. back on soon and, and some other friends of ours who are really into um astrology for empowerment Mm -hmm. for being able to step into your own power, your own sovereignty, your own spiritual authority, and not have someone tell you, oh, no, Jeremy, <laughs> you have Pluto right on your son. Your life is going to be. You're going to die. Yeah. Over and over. Over <laughs> and over and over. People around you are going to die. Everyone's going to die. And then they're going to just talk about sex afterwards. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry. I have two. I have Jupiter on my ascendant. I and in Gemini, I can't help but be funny when I talk about serious things. Um, <laughs> but like, so if you were to look up Pluto Sun mm-hmm. conjunct natal uh, on an internet search, you you would find a lot of really uh, like kind of scary depictions of what a life with that configuration would look like. Whereas in Deborah's school. And in other people's opinions, like new astrologers who are amazing, like Colin, who we had on, um, that is just you seeing the world through a Scorpio lens, which makes you capable of being a healer that Mm -hmm. much more. Scorpio is the sign of healing, not of just (laughs) death. So uh, 
I mean, yeah, it rules those things, right? So the people who have that heavily in their charts are going to be more capable of dealing with those subjects maybe than some of the other zodiac signs and anybody who has that much scorpio is an amazing listener and what do you love to do jerry you love to listen i'm all about it (laughs) tell me your problems because yeah eighth house suns scorpio rising scorpio sun uh pluto on the sun basically anybody like you'll go through a grocery store and the cashier will start telling you about their most recent breakup or the way Mm -hmm. their dog died. And you don't know why they're telling you these weird, painful, heartfelt memories, but they are, and they don't know why they're telling you either. And it's because you have like in your aura, a little light up neon sign that says, I have Scorpio in my chart. I just suck it out of them. Yeah. I won't tell (laughs) anyone else. Yeah. Cause you can, you can, you can listen to everything Mm. and keep it a secret. It's a deep, deep well. It's a heavy burden, though. Okay. Thank you for paying attention to the time because you realize I have to go give massages now. Speaking of taking on other people's stuff, I I also – I need to find an energy worker for myself. I have not had – I haven't had a massage since February, and I haven't had an energy session since I was in Phoenix. So, um, well, no, I take that back. Lindsay's done energy work sessions on me. But it's like I need – I would like – I need to do some aura clearing and some – uh, have some stuff done. So I may contact Andy. Speaking of, we seem to be doing a lot of callbacks for our past guests. I know. We're going to have some past guests back on. It's going to be amazing. So, um, yeah. Go reach out to the people you need. Go take care of the people. Who okay, I will. And I love I you love too. You tell your much. folks I said hi. Tell Anton I said hey. Kiss those boys. I will. <laughs> Thanks, yeah, everybody. See you guys for next listening. week. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We to, you know, try to get yeah, another episode in before next week since we are behind, but you know, we'll see what happens. Yeah. We'll see. <laughs> All right. Okay. I love you. Bye. I'll talk to you.